a common thread has come out in a number of conversations I've had with people recently. It's that they're very thankful. Thankful about all sorts of things that are maybe a bit different. On a walk through a wood, they are thankful that there is not the constant rush of traffic in the background. But instead, they get the song of the birds. People are thankful that their neighbours that they've not really known recently have introduced themselves and offered to run errands. People are thankful for the commitment and dedication of workers in jobs that are often overlooked, maybe low paid jobs, which, you know, the nation would have ground to a halt, not just at the moment, but years ago without them. People are thankful for what they have. And when they look in their shopping basket, it might not be the brand or the size or indeed even the same type of item as they're set off to get. But just to enter the store is sometimes a thing of thanksgiving. People are thankful. And they show their thanks by clapping on a Thursday night, by maybe being a bit more polite by contributing to the sponsorship of 99-year-old Captain Tom, or maybe giving through the BBC Big Night In and other such events. But are they thanking God for what he is doing in answer to prayer? The psalmist writing in our passage plans to show his thanks through sacrificial worship. He speaks of commitments that he's made in the past that he will fulfil, vows that he will honour, not privately, but in the presence of all God's people, because it is his desire to bear witness of God's goodness. He is going to go and to give public worship. What moves him in this way? Well, what is this urge to be thankful? He speaks of having been near death, his life on the edge. And it is in answer to prayer that is he he's rescued from the brink. He's brought back to a place of safety. He has his life restored. God has heard his cry and saved him from a bleak future. To the psalmist, death is final, it is the end. To him it is separation from loved ones, from friends, from neighbours, but also from God, because he knew of no eternity. Later we will sing a hymn that has a line that says, Bold I approach the eternal throne, and claim the crown through Christ mine own. The Christian has that assurance that the writer of the psalm does not. At the time that the psalms were written, there was no real understanding of resurrection, or that those who believe and trust in the Lord will live forever. This understanding did not appear until closer to the time of the exile, where we have the prophets Isaiah and also Daniel, 
where they speak about eternal life. Even in the time of Jesus, many of the people of God did not accept that concept of life beyond the grave, that they may be raised again. Sadducees on one occasion tried to trick Jesus by asking a hypothetical question about a woman who has been widowed many times over because she has married one brother after another. So which one would she be married to in her resurrection? Which of seven? It's not a question about relationships. It's not a question about widowhood, really. But it's an attempt to mock the promise of eternal life. And Jesus, of course, saw through them. He berates them for misunderstanding scripture. He teaches them that the Lord, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob, is God of the living. He is the I am, not the I was. Their patriarchs have a place in eternity. There is life. The psalmist's words of praise are heartfelt because of all he'd gone through. He'd been at the edge of the abyss. It had been very real to him. And he needs to, because of that, honour the rescuer, the one that had brought him to safety. And these words in time became part of the liturgy, the, the words of worship used in the keeping of the Passover. The individual's praise become adopted by the children of Israel to keep in mind their collective rescue from captivity. And elements appear too sometimes in a communion service. Did you recognise that line, I will lift up the cup of salvation, call upon the name of the Lord? There is a danger, however, that words just become words. The words of praise become repeated, almost in a parrot fashion. Do we mean what we say? Do the words of prayers mean what we say, such as the Lord's Prayer, when we say it in its very familiar pattern? And what about other rituals? Will we in five years, ten years, a hundred years' time have a ritual of clapping at eight o'clock on a Thursday? But not have thanks in our heart because it's no longer important or remembered in the way that it maybe is at the moment. If we are truly thankful, we'll see this clapping added to and transformed in a real change of attitude in the nation such that we remain a thankful people and that we will reflect this in how we value people in society, those who we owe a great deal to. The psalmist called upon the name of the Lord. He called out for help, we hear at the beginning. He cries out for mercy and then he still calls again. He calls in a new way, giving thanks. 
what about us? How do we reflect in the storm and after the storm? Do we step out the tent after we've been through that thunder and rain? Do we step out giving words of praise, words of thanks? Telling everyone of what God does. The singer of the psalm offers sacrificially because he has been rescued for this life. God aids us in this life, but he does more than that too, doesn't he? Our hope goes beyond the grave. Whoever we are, whatever we have done, we can be saved. This is because, as we heard earlier in both the reading and in the video, that Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. Let us find ways to share our own experience and bring thanksgiving. Let us share it with neighbours and friends. We might do that on the telephone. You might think of other ways to do it too. Maybe you could make a little video, maybe just a minute or two along, giving a bit of testimony about how you are just now and what you feel God is saying to you and how he's leading you, how he's rescuing you in the midst of the storm. As they used to say at the time of the gallery on Take Heart, or Vision On, if your memory goes back that far, we can't promise to show them all, but it'd be great to receive them. And it'd be great to encourage each other with our stories of being rescued and blessed by God. Amen.